When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Izzy, as a former Crusader, how excited are you about seeing the team do something this different? I don't think I've ever seen a Super Rugby team go to the Northern Hemisphere for a preseason game. Oh, it's great. I, I think the last time they went to the Northern Hemisphere was after the earthquakes. I was actually a part of that game. We played the uh, the Sharks. We played the the Durban Sharks and the Tile Sharks. Sorry, and we played them at Twickenham at a sold out. Talking them standing while the, the lower level was sold out. It was mm. awesome experience and raising money for the Christchurch earthquakes. And we got up against a pretty competitive I think it's great for the game. You got our biggest one of our biggest brands in the Southern Hemisphere going up to the north, facing off against some teams that are historically very good. You got Munster that have always been competitive, probably haven't got the rewards or results that they've wanted in the last decade or so. But they're still being really competitive and they're taking on a, one of the new teams, Bristol Bears. So I think it's great for growing the brand. Um, I'm a little bit nervous about this season, Ricardo. Uh, it probably people think as the Crusaders we're going to continue on this championship, eh, hey, hey Cameron? But I don't think it's going to be as easy as people probably think. <laughs> um, yeah. We're losing Richie Moanga, who is the Tom Brady of that, that, that franchise. He's gone. You've got um, Razor Ray gone. There's just so many different changes. You've got Taha Kimara, uh, Rivers Rehana that are going to potentially have a crack at 10. 10 is your Brock Purdy. So there's so much pressure going on these blokes. But, um, yeah, so I'm a little bit nervous for the season, but awesome to see them going up north and basing off against some, some quality sides. Well, a man that knows more than most about what uh, is in store for the Crusaders when they take on Munster in Cork is Brian Moylet. He is a mental skills coach now based in Christchurch, but formerly has been a, a, an Irish under-19s player and captain the uh, Connor under-20s as well. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? Cheers. Good morning. Doing really well, thanks. Uh, now, mate, uh, I, I know you've, you will have listened to that intro and heard what has he uh, said about the Crusaders. It is a uh, a new dawn, I guess, in a way, with a new coach and, and, and a lot of new players. A lot of experience has gone by the wayside. How well do you think the Crusaders are set up for 2024? Yeah, it's interesting. I think it is spot on and that it could be difficult with a lot of senior players leaving, Razor leaving, bit of transition, and certainly going to be a lot of challenges for Rob Penny, who's coming into the Crusaders to kind of keep up what has been happening over the last seven, eight years, which has been incredible. So I think there'll be a lot of challenges. And yeah, going up north is going to be so interesting because the two games that they're going to play, it's a part of their preseason, but for the teams for Munster and Bristol, it's like the biggest game of their year. Like, it's massive for them. So there's going to be two incredible occasions up there. So we'll get a feel pretty quickly of where they're at. And it's kind of, I think it's pretty difficult for Rob Penny and those new players coming in to kind of be going into these cauldrons that, that will be there up north. Well, most of their experienced players in regards to the Crusaders are back here in New Zealand training, getting ready for the Super Rugby. So they're taking an inexperienced side up to Munster. Um, 
you know, what kind of challenge presents to the Crusaders when they're placing, when they're facing Munster? How's Munster's season? I know they had a, they acquired Ollie Jaeger in the off season, who's potentially going to go yeah. be a part of that Irish side. Mate, Munster, have they been the Munster of old? They haven't. So they've been struggling, like you mentioned, the last few years. Although last year they managed to win the URC, which is like the domestic comp up there. And they beat Leinster in the semi-final, who were resting a couple of players for the European Champions Cup. Although it's going to be, it's going to be interesting because this is just so big. Like the guys like Peter O'Mahony, the new Ireland captain, he will be playing. Connor Murray, Alex Nankerville, chief Tasman player of the last few years. He's mm-hmm. in at 12 now, as you mentioned, Ollie Yeager, Ty Byrne, another um, British and Irish lion. So Munster will have their full team out, whereas the Crusaders <laughs> have all blacks left at home. And this, when I say this is going to be a big occasion, Munster play in Thoman Park, which is 26,000. They've moved this game to a Gaelic football stadium, which is 45,000 capacity. And it's sold out in a couple of days. Like the appetite wow. for the Munster fans, the Crusaders coming up is just massive. Like you're going to have 45,000 fans under lights, sold out and... Yeah, it's going to be raucous up there. And Munster, obviously, will have all the big guns out. They'll rest guys in the, over the last, you know, they've been resting guys throughout the domestic comp, manager minutes, but they'll be going all out for this one, I'd imagine. Brian, you're a mental skills coach. That's what you do now. I mean, I don't know how much work you've done with this Crusaders outfit, if any at all, but... How would you be talking to Rob Penny about approaching this, particularly the the challenge ahead, going uh, somewhere so alien to a lot of these young guys coming through and playing a stacked team in Munster? How do you get them up for a trip like this and a, and a, and a season where it's really about rebuilding? Yeah, it's an interesting challenge. And Rob Penny, interestingly, has coached Munster. He was head coach of Munster from 2012 to 2014. So he'll know a couple of the Munster players. He'll know the environment up there, and he will be someone who will be in a good position to have a chat with those young players and let them know what they're getting into. I think, as well, experience is a huge thing, and he'll know that getting, you know, those guys getting this opportunity to go up there, and it will really accelerate their development. So their development, playing big games and that's going to be something big. And look, when you've, he's been around the block, he's, he's coached at top teams in Europe, in Japan, in New Zealand. So he'll have worked with lots of um, young players and be well able to, to help them through, yeah, what's going to be challenging first couple of games. Um, but yeah. Just going back to the Irish rugby in itself, you're having a golden period at the moment. Yes, particularly in the sevens. Like the sevens, you just won over in Perth. You had the women's winning their first ever HSB sevens series. You've got the men's that are competing and beating the top teams and nearly winning uh, the big event. You've got your rugby, uh, your, your, your teams, your national teams, your provincial teams are thriving. The depth is, well, ludicrous at the moment. You've just got so much talent coming through your, your ranks. Is this a golden period time for Irish rugby? And, and why do you feel like you are having this cherry blossom run that you're having right at the moment? Yeah, it definitely is a golden era. Like when I was growing up, I'm 31. When I was growing up, we 
were getting hammered by England by 50 points, mm. hammered by France by 50 points. Like the All Blacks just getting hammered all the time. If we got one or two tries up in the first half, we were kind of happy. Whereas now, yeah, the last 10, 12 years, there's been a big change. And one thing moving here, you know, rugby is just played everywhere. Every small town has a rugby pitch when I, you know, driving around and it's just massive. Everyone is so mad about rugby. Whereas in Ireland, it's kind of the third or fourth sport. It's Gaelic football is number one, football number two, hurling number three, or rugby three or four. So what the IRFU, the Irish Rugby Union, did about 10, 12, 13 years ago is invest hugely into the academies and get the structures in place, get great coaching at that underage level. And I think it's a testament to the professionalism of the union and the provinces and the structures that are in place because we don't have the athletes like New Zealand have. Like we, everyone isn't wanting to play with Ireland the way I've come here. Everyone wants to be an all black. So Ireland, they, you know, there's Gaelic football, there's these other sports. So they've just done an incredible job of setting up the structures for these young players to be able to come through and build step from, you know, from the younger players. Um, built the, I suppose, the base wider versus focusing on the kind of top end players over the last 10 years. And, and, you know, that takes care of itself to an extent. You know, Joe Schmidt was an incredible coach and he was huge for changing the fortunes of Ireland and maybe even changing the mindset and psyche a bit as well. Like I remember when we beat the All Blacks in 2016, that was huge. And that kind of was a bit of a launch pad for Ireland as well. You think that's eight years ago, Ireland then went to number one and they've beaten the All Blacks a number of times and they now feel since that day, I think in 2016, that they can beat anyone, which they can. And um, look, in between World Cups, we've done very well, but unfortunately not at them. So, um, yeah, it is, a, it is a golden period, but I think we all still want to get past the quarterfinal of a World Cup, but that's a, a chat for another day. Yeah, that, that is. But just, just on the, um, the, the national side, and you've got a day now where Johnny Sexton is involved involved with this side. You had the Rugby World back uh, Rugby World Cup backups. You had Ross Byrne and you had Jack Crowley. Not the, at the World Cup. You had Harry Harry Byrne and you had Joey Carberry. Joey Carberry was touted as to take over from Johnny Sexton and be the next ten that will lead you to glory. He's been injured. Can you see a place for for Joey Carberry? Who is going to be the likely backup and take this? continue this um, form on for Ireland going forward? Yeah, Jack Crowley's the guy. So he's the mm. guy who's been touted and he's the guy who will be taking over. The others have all had a chance and Joy Carberry has actually been announced that he'll be leaving Munster. So I think he might go overseas and it could be the end of his Ireland career. He, okay. like you're spot on, he was touted to be challenging Johnny Sexton five, six mm. years ago when he was in his early 20s. And he actually made his debut or his second appearance in that game in 2016 against the All Blacks. And he was playing our equivalent of Div 1 club rugby six months before that. So he just kind of at the age of 20, 21, got catapulted into the Ireland team, had some incredible performances, really exciting player, but then had quite a few injuries and just kind of has fallen away a bit. Jack Crowley is kind of the new the new hope will say. Um, other guys have had their chance and done okay, but that's why you see Sexton playing until he's 37 and the reliance that Ireland have had on him because 
the other players didn't really get up to challenge him. The Harry Ross Byrne, who you mentioned, um, Carberry, and then Harry Byrne's a young guy as well. He's 22, 23. So Harry Byrne, Jack Crowley. Jack Crowley's the monster 10. We'll see him, I'm sure, against Crusaders. Harry Byrne is kind of the young guy coming through in Leinster. So those two will probably be looking to get in there. And I think Jack Crowley will have the jersey for the Six Nations. And he is a very exciting young player. But um, Ireland, certainly, when they lose a guy like Sexton, his leadership as well, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward. But there's a lot of good players around him. Like you look at Bundyaki, Robbie Henshaw outside him. Mm. Um, you could have Conor Murray still there, the Six Nations inside him. So he'll have lots of support and senior guys there to help him around the field in the Six Nations. Brian, talking Six Nations, I look at it and I think, well, you know, there's there's no Johnny Sexton at Ireland. There's no Owen Farrell at England. There's no Anton Dupont at France this time round either. Feels pretty open. There's a lot of big characters, a lot of big leaders uh, that are missing from this uh, Six Nations, um, almost almost makes me want to go and back Scotland to win the whole thing. Uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, how do you think it's going to play out? Yeah, I'm Irish, but I'd actually love Scotland to win Finn Russell and them to have a go. But um, it it's going to be really interesting. You're spot on. It's wide open. I think Wales are really struggling. Like Lewis Reed-Salmon has just gone to NFL, who's their you know star player. And they've had a lot of guys retire, and they're in a tough space, although they did okay at the World Cup. So I don't think they're going to challenge. You look at the, the usual England, Ireland, France, I think the winner will come from those three. But, yeah, it is wide open. You know, Scotland last year, they won their first two games of the Six Nations. They beat England in Twickenham. They can beat anyone. We, we all know that Scotland on their day, but just backing it up has been an issue. England, they had a lot of problems the last two years with Eddie Jones leaving, then Steve Forza coming in and not going so well. Until the World Cup, they lost to Fiji in the World Cup warm-up games. But they did manage, they had an easier group, and they managed to get some good results. And look, they got to a semi-final, they got third place. So that'll be great for those players. It's kind of a newish team. They're blooding through players as well, bringing through new players. So they'll get confidence from that World Cup, and they'll be looking to kick on from there. France have just so much depth as well. So I think, look, I think it will come from Ireland, France, England. Um, but yeah, I think I would also love to see Scotland have a run as well, like everyone with Finn Russell there. Hey, uh, Brian, we appreciate you coming on the show and talking a bit about the Six Nations up there in Ireland and, and your experience with the, the Crusaders briefly. But what are you up to, mate? Like, what are you doing back here in, in New Zealand? Can you tell us a bit about your role? Yeah, so you know, I, I came over here. I was actually in Vancouver playing and coaching. I was meant to play with Canada, but I had to retire with concussion. Um, two years ago and I was actually chatting to Shane Fletcher the Crusaders manager he was over there at the time doing some work coach development I was on the grass with him for a few days and he came on my podcast the Brian Moyla podcast and I was writing a book at the time the book on how you become a pro rugby player which is for young rugby players around the mental side of the game and I was just chatting to Fletch and he said geez, what you're doing, would you be interested in coming over to Christchurch? Like, continue, there's huge appetite for what you're doing around the mental side of the game and continue your coaching career. I suppose I had been coaching on the grass for 10 years since I was 21. And then when playing stopped, that 
took over. So I just said, yeah, 100% moved over before Fletch finished the question of asking me. I came over and I've been mainly involved with the country under 19s there before Christmas with their campaign. And now I've got the head coach role with Shirley Rugby, the Vikings Div 1. Um, we'll be working with Christ College, mental skills, first 15 next season. And yeah, getting involved with different teams around New Zealand. And up until then, a lot of work online. So I work with players one-on-one um, over across the world, essentially, at this stage. And then teams online, coaches online. And then, yeah, since moving to Christchurch in the last 11 months ago, uh, I've just been getting involved with different teams. And, yeah, just really, really excited for, yeah, season ahead. And, yeah, the work I'm doing with, yeah, different different schools, clubs, and teams, and, yeah, the provincial stuff. And, yeah, it's, um, no, it's class. And I just love the appetite for rugby that is down here. It's, yeah, it's different for us from from Ireland, from the Northern Hemisphere. It's, um, I suppose it's normal for you, but it's so cool how, how just everyone loves it. Just just on the mental side of the game, Matt, it's great work that you're doing, and I'll be completely honest. It was very, very limited, the mental side of the game, when I first started playing rugby. Towards the end, there was a little bit more inclusion of the mental side of the game. Are you seeing a change in terms of that that part of the game? And are the players really open to, to getting help for the mental side of the game? And, and are you able to elaborate? Is it more in-game mental um, side of it, or is it more just as a whole? mental health yeah good question so i suppose both it ties in a bit of everything because you're dealing with stress and pressure so giving players tools to perform at their best in games so simple things would be like breathing techniques so i did a you know a course as well as to become an advanced breathing instructor and giving players breathing techniques to access flow state so that when they're in game, they can get into the moment, into the zone, into the flow state, perform at their best, but also tools around games to deal with stress and pressure. So you mentioned earlier, what would Rob Penny be saying to those young players? And just read Dan Carter's book recently, and he said, put a story in there of when he was a young player and went on the beer the week before a test match, was in a bad place, kind of feeling he left the team down and all that. He said he decided to go and knock on Gilbert and Oka's door and talk to the mental skills coach. And then from there, from that time when he was, I think, 23 or so, he just worked with the mental skills coach from then on, and it was a massive part of his preparation. So, yeah, it's a part of your preparation. And just to finish that with Dan Carr that time, just he was feeling he let everyone down. He was feeling he let the nation down, the jersey down. So that, when you mention well-being, that kind of ties into that as well. When you're feeling you're letting people down and you would know better than most that it's very difficult, it's very stressful being on that top stage and it can affect your well-being as well. So it is all tied in. And yeah, you work with players it's, you work with players with whatever comes up with them. So when I'm working one-on-one with players, it's, yeah, it's whatever comes up with them. But it's certainly you're looking at the preparation. You're looking at giving them tools to, to deal with stress and pressure and to be in the best place that they can be in so that they can play rugby. It's often about getting things out of the way so that they can just go and play. Because at the end of the day, when a player is feeling good, when they have a clear mind, when they're in a good place, they'll play their best rugby. And then, yeah, there's tools within games to 
improve your focus and attention and yeah play at your peak but it's it's everything yeah that you just mentioned there beautiful thank you yeah brian thanks very much for your time mate uh, it's been an insightful chat uh we'd love to get you on again in the in, in the future keep up the good work and uh, we'll stay in touch brilliant cheers guys really appreciate it from brilliant chatting